Fangraphs Audio. I'm Carson Sestouli. David Lorla, the curator of our excellent Q&A series that appears in the electronic pages of Fangraphs, once a week, of course, submits an audio interview, an audio Q&A for the consideration of the Fangraphs readers and podcast listeners. In this case, we have an exciting edition of his audio Q&A series. David Lorla's guest in this case is Los Angeles Angels left-hander, the well-compensated, and uh, it certainly turns out very thoughtful, C.J. Wilson. In what follows, Wilson reveals a rather deep knowledge of advanced stats, starting almost immediately with an invocation of batting average and balls in play, moving on to discuss not only pitch FX, but actually improvements he'd like to see in pitch FX to give him a better idea of what he and other pitchers are actually doing. And we also find here C.J. Wilson using the words standard deviation at least once. It is Fangraphs Audio. It is our David Lorla in conversation with C.J. Wilson. And it begins right now. My guest is C.J. Wilson, left-hander for the Los Angeles Angels Manaheim. C.J., we spoke very briefly yesterday, and the first thing you mentioned to me was your batting average on balls in play. Yeah, it's something that I think time I read a, a post from a, a roto guy or a uh, sabermetrician, they always mention my batting average on balls in play, and they fail to, to note the velocity off the bat. You know, I think some pitchers, especially sinker ballers, um, have, have the ability to get, make guys hit, hit the ball on the ground, whereas some guys like Jared Weaver is a fly ball pitcher, and he maybe gives up a lot of fly balls percentage-wise, but the velocity off the bat is very low. A lot of guys will pop up softly with the infielders going back on the ball with the outfielders coming in. And that sort of mid-range fly ball is is a very easy out. It's not a home run. The 200-foot fly ball is not a home run anywhere. So as a pitcher, you can, the more of those you can get, actually, the better. And what about your own batting average on balls in play? For your career, it's below league average. This year, it is below league average. And you mentioned uh, yesterday that you're unhappy with the fact that it's recently gone up. Can you control that at all? Yeah, you can. Uh, you, in your, by using your pitch mix a certain way, um, obviously, if you throw a lot of fastballs first pitch, then that's going to be something that the scouts or the advanced scouts or the teams are going to pick up on. And they're going to take more swings. So, obviously, the more swings that a guy takes, then the more balls he's going to put in play, just by definition. Now, if you're being really tricky and you're throwing, like, first pitch change-ups or first pitch sliders or curveballs or whatever, then the batting average is going to be a little bit different on those ones because the only time a guy swings at it is if you really, really hang it. You know what I mean? Otherwise, he's going to take it. So that's kind of its own factor as well. It's, it's For me, I know it's one of the things that I I, I get a lot of, uh, you know, ground balls to the left, left side of the infield. So the shortstop generally plays in the hole. So if he's playing in the hole and I'm getting balls hit right at him, then that's a scouting report deal that doesn't necessarily show up in any sort of roto yeah, situation. It's a, you know, we have a gold glove shortstop in, in Eric Ibar, so if I can get the ball hit to him, generally those are going to be converted into outs. Once again, I'm talking to C.J. Wilson. Two years ago, we sat down and did an interview about pitching, and one of the things you told me was that you never really liked the phrase pitching to contact. Right. Yeah, I think pitching to contact is... There's a lot of different types of contact. You want to, as a pitcher, you want to pitch to, to bad contact, you know, like I was saying, but that 200 foot fly ball or the three hopper to the shortstop. 
but you don't necessarily want to be throwing four seam fastballs down the middle, you know, like elevated or whatever that guys are going to be turning on and the outfielders are going to have to chase. Uh, it also depends on the, the park you're pitching in. You know, in Texas, uh, if you get the guys hitting the ball hard in the air to right center field, then a lot of those balls get converted into extra base hits. Whereas if you get infield uh, balls, they have really tall graphs there. So Elvis Andrews and Adrian Beltre, the shortstop, then those guys convert a lot of plays out. So there's a lot of different ways you can pitch the contact. But um, I think pitching the contact is sort of uh, a phrase that people use. It's like a, an all-encompassing, that's why a pitcher's good or bad. You know, they, they say, oh, well, he pitches the contact, that's why he gave up 10 hits. Or, oh, he pitches the contact, that's why he threw 100 pitches in the air or something like that. It's, sometimes guys' stuff is, is a little bit better than it shows up, and there's a deception value that allows more weak contact. It's hard to, it's hard to actually discern. And, like, Weaver's one of those guys. We spoke before about your ability to control the movement on your pitches. Your walk rate this year has gone up. Yeah, my walk rate has gone up a lot because uh, my pitch percentage mix is different. The way I'm using my pitches is a little bit different. But I would say that for me, it's my mechanics are just a sort of unfinished product. I, I experiment a lot of times. I'll try to get a little bit more leg drive or a little bit more hip turn or a little bit higher release point or something like that. And uh, that has a way of screwing up my, my accuracy. But my, my movement, you know, I think there's a way to... Because obviously, like, your forcing fastball is going to go straight, the sail a tiny bit, or cut a tiny bit. It's not necessarily going to sink. So if you're throwing that pitch, you, you, you have an easier way of kind of getting that one in the strike zone, as long as you're not trying to overthrow it. But if you're throwing it too hard, then, you know, it's going to be kind of all over the place. So for me, I think there are a lot more change-ups this year. And, um, you know, my, my batting average against on the change-up is very good. But the, uh, the strike percentage is not as high as my fastball. So the more I use that, the riskier it is because then you're balancing that active. Make sure guys don't drive the ball, but at the same time, you know, you're wrong, you're behind the counts a lot. I know that you look at your pitch MX data. What are you seeing this year with that? Well, this year I made a really conscious decision in the offseason to try to throw harder. And that might be one of the reasons why my accuracy is a little bit lower in terms of walks. But, um, you know, I always kind of look and see which games my vertical movement is different, you know, on my sinker or my horizontal movement is different on my cutter or, uh, or on, my, uh, on my sinker as well to, to see if there's something that I'm doing in that particular game consciously that's actually affecting it. How much do, am I really affecting it? You know, and how much is it's just a standard deviation. Once again, I'm talking to C.J. Wilson. The strike zone, does that have any impact this year on your walk rate? Yeah, I would say, like, one of the things as well is if you throw pitches that move a lot on the peripheral part of the strike zone, then it's harder for the catcher to catch and harder for the umpire to gauge. And as a guy that I don't really like to give up hard contact, so I'll throw pitches like sinkers and backdoor cutters and backdoor sliders that, um, you know, when they're on the corner of the zone, they don't really create any any hits, but they might create walks, you know, so in that regard, um, you, you look at that balance between your slugging percentage and your on-base percentage and you try to come, come up with a happy medium, but I'd be interested as pitch effects data evolves over the next couple of years to see uh, a 3D component on, on release uh, distance to see how far a guy throws the ball, you know what I mean? Like, it's a tall guy versus a short guy, long stride guy, short stride guy. Let's see if there's a equation in terms of how hard guys get hit based on where they release the ball from a, towards the hitter, if that makes sense. And 
see um, a more uh, accurate, like, batter-to-batter strike zone, you know, on the... Because uh, everybody, I mean, for me, I feel like there's kind of a standard strike zone, and, and umpires have a hard time adjusting. You know, if a guy's like David Ortiz versus Dustin Pedroia, I think Dustin is going to get high strikes called on him because he's not that tall. But relatively to the catcher, it's the same height. You know what I mean? It's a pitch that would be, like, really in the strike zone for David Ortiz. So I'm always curious about that. You mentioned throwing more changes this year. You are throwing also more cutters and fewer sliders. Why? Um, I think it just sort of depends on the situation. You know, like, you, uh, I'm facing a lot more right-handed hitters this year than I did last year, I feel like. And so right-handed hitters are going to have a little bit better chance at my slider than my cutter um, in terms of driving it. Because if you make a mistake with the slider, then it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very it's a lower speed pitch, whereas like my cutter is 90 miles an hour, so I feel like it's 90 or 91. So if I can execute that at least in a location, it doesn't necessarily have to be as sharp because I'm more accurate with it. So if I do give up a hit, generally it's more of a single, although I did give up a couple home runs on actor cutters that cut too much towards the middle of the way. Okay, two more questions for C.J. Wilson. You mentioned where where a pitcher is releasing the ball. You mentioned mechanics. In our conversation two years ago, you talked about ratio of finger length to palm and how that impacts what pitches a pitcher will throw. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the thing is, like, depending on the shape of your hand, you're able to create different types of movement. And I think guys that have smaller hands are able to create more lateral movement on the ball without without making the ball look grossly different out of their hand, if that makes sense. So your release point can be very much very similar, but your fingers can kind of, if you have a wide uh, short hand, you can get around the ball a little bit easier to pronate and still throw strikes or still throw a pitch that looks like a strike. Greg Maddox was a regular-sized guy, but if you watch his pitches on video, everything looks the same. Like his changeup, his sinker, his cutter all look like they have the same little three-dimensional path out of his hand, and then when they get about two-thirds of the way there, then they start deviating. Tim Hudson's another guy like that. But then you have guys like uh, Michael Pineda, who's like six foot eight, and he doesn't really, um, he doesn't have the same type of, like, high, his pitches don't, he doesn't hide his pitches as well, because I feel like he's so big, the ball's so small in his hand that he has to make, like, an arm adjustment if he's making a pitch adjustment. So he literally throws his pitches out of different windows because his hand is so big that if he tilts it just a little bit, it's like the hitter can pick that up. So like, you know, in a uh, unconscious way. Because as a hitter, when you're standing in there and the guy does something a little bit different, it actually forces you to stay back a little bit. And usually if you do something different, it's on an off-speed pitch. So the hitter stays back a little bit trying to figure out what it was. And meanwhile, the ball's slower, so he's actually still staying on time. And the last question, CJ, is uh, another thing that you told me two years ago, which was that hope isn't a very good strategy when you're trying to get hitters out. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I think you have to have a good idea of where your outs are in the lineup and what guys you know your stuff plays well against. One of the cool things about video technology now, like with the, you know whether it's the Bloomberg app or Video Bats, is another one that a lot of teams have. You're able to look at comparable guys, so I'm able to look up pitchers that throw. 89 to 94 that are left-handed that also have a cutter and um, and see kind of what their uh, what their success rate is against a particular hitter. So I can see what John Lester does against Derek Jeter. If it works for John Lester, then it might work for me because although he's a little bit taller and throws one mile harder, that I'm able to kind of just kind of piggyback.
feedback on this. It's us. CJ Wilson, as always, uh, thanks for your time.